It's good. You know, it's good to pray for folks and cover folks. You know, this all week, what we've done is we have um, we've talked about Joseph. <laughs> I told Dana last night, you know, I've been talking about Joseph all week. I'm probably going to talk about him today, just briefly. But I, but I do want to, I want to ask the question, how does, how does God make men? How does God, when I say men, I mean men and women of God. How does he make us, men and women of God? Does he just come in and give us a hat and say, you're, you're a, a man of God, you're a woman of God? Does he come in and says, does he just kind of like sprinkle some fairy dust over us? Oh, there we are. Well, let me tell you what he does. He uses circumstances. Even before I preach, I, I, feel, I know Ralph watches from Mexico. I don't know if he's watching this morning. Maybe he'll catch this on the playback if he doesn't happen to be catching it now. But, you know, God uses circumstances, Pastor Ralph. And the circumstances that are going on in your life, God can change those. And I believe in Jesus' name, he's changing those. And we're believing in Jesus' name that you will be standing here, worshiping right here with us very, very soon. And as I was writing this word today, as I was going through it this morning, I thought of you. And so, and I'm thinking of us as well. You know, the name Joseph means, I was telling Joe this morning, hey, Joe, do you know what the name, your meaning of your name is? Because, you know, we look it up. We look up our names, and what does Thomas mean? Wrong. <laughs> Not doubter. It means twin. Just for your information, it means double portion. Come on, am I stretching it a little bit? Not at all. Twice as handsome, twice as nice. <laughs> but Joseph means God will add. That's what it means. God will add. Joe, God's going to add to your life. He's adding to your life. And let me tell you, for a guy who, uh, you know, is as young as you are to have as many grandkids and great-grandkids, he keeps on adding and adding and adding. You're blessed coming. You and Rita are blessed coming and going. Yeah. But Joseph, the life of Joseph, you know, I'm not going to go through the whole story because most of us know this. He has a dream. He tells his brothers, probably not the smartest thing in the world to do, to tell his brothers, hey, one day I'm going to be the boss. Uh, he'd already had a lot of trouble because his dad really loved him. I mean, probably disproportionately more in the sense oh, with his older brothers. And there's a lot of things behind all that. But long and the short of it, his brothers didn't like him. They, they sold him into slavery. He ends up. In Egypt, they think they've gotten rid of him. They threatened to kill him, but one of the brothers, I believe it was Judah, said, no, let's don't kill the boy. You know, it's not, we, you know, we'll never get past this if we, and anyway, long and the short of it, throw him into a pit, and he comes back to get him, and he had been sold into slavery. And uh, there's a, a line, a phrase that, when you're familiar with it, you've, we've probably talked about this, you've heard this before, a phrase that, that shows up quite often, in the, in the story of Joseph, of his life, in Genesis 37, I think, to like 47, something like that. And that's, the, again, God was with him. And God was with him. Thank goodness God was with him because what happened to Joseph, if that would have happened to us the way we read it here, that we might have been going, where's God? But God was with him. 
His brothers hate him. They throw him into a pit. They sell him into slavery. He ends up going into Egypt, a foreign land. His dad thinks he's dead, but God was with him. And he ends up becoming, you know, in charge of the prison, you know, uh, you know overseeing. Uh, basically, he was running the prison pretty much. From, if you take time to read, and you'll, you'll see that in there. And then after, sounds like Pastor Ralph, just to be real honest with you. <laughs> Given so much favor. And then a little later on, is uh, actually he actually he goes to Potiphar's house first. I'm sorry, and he's running everything in Potiphar's house, and Potiphar's wife lies about him, and he ends up in prison. But the Lord says, it says the Bible says, but God was with him, and then he ends up in prison, and God was with him, and there was a there was a a, a plan. God has a plan for every life here, and you might be thinking, oh, at my age, oh, with my past, oh, with this, with that, you know, I don't have enough of this. I'm not educated enough. Oh, with my background. Oh, you know, I wasn't raised in church. I don't know the Bible. You listen, God has a plan for your life. And anybody that tries to tell you that you're just a fluke or an accident, they don't know what they're talking about. There's a plan and a purpose. Joseph went from being a beloved son to being a forgotten prisoner, to being the second in command in Egypt. Of course, now here's the thing. It took about 20 years. 20 years? Can't wait 20 years. <laughs> I promise you, you can. Because we have. Many of us have been in this process for many, many years. And don't think, oh, the process starts today. You are in the process. You know, I, I thought probably when I turned a certain, I mean, several, this has happened several times. Well, by the time I turn a certain age, things are going to be a certain way. Wrong. Wrong. It didn't happen that way because I'm still in the process and I will be in the process until God changes and starts another process. But the Bible says that, that, that God uh, was with Joseph. Let me, let me just read a, a few Quotes. I went back through my journal over the last several years, and it's on my, on my computer so I can do words, and I just uh, put a word in here about circumstances because that's what we get waylaid by. That's what we get broadsided by. Circumstances. If this is God, then why? Joseph could have said that. I wonder if he ever did. He probably thought it. He might have even said it, but he didn't let it control his life. Let me just read a couple of, you know, God... God uh, hold on. Go, 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 go. God makes men by orchestrating even the toughest of circumstances in our lives for the greater good. God shapes and molds us by orchestrating. He doesn't cause them, but he will bring them in and bring them up. You know what an, what an orchestra leader does? Come in, come in. Oh, back down, back down. Come in, come in. Back down. Come on, Bill, Bill. Back down, back down. God is orchestrating the circumstances of your life. And I don't like it when he says, come on, let it build, let it build. And I'm going, no more, God, no more. He builds our lives. He shapes and forms our, our character by orchestrating the circumstances that are happening because everyone in this room has circumstances. Everyone in this room have things that we would like to say, I wish that hadn't happened or I wish this wasn't happened. I wish that, that my life had been different. How can my life be the way uh, their life is because this is the way my life is? Listen, everyone's an individual. 
We all have a different background. But God has a plan for your life. He has a purpose for your life. God is not limited. I, Joe and I were talking about this the other day. God is not limited by our circumstances. We live like he is, though. I don't have enough money. I don't have enough education. Well, you know, I only started going to church, you know, a year ago or six months ago or day before yesterday. You know, the circumstances are everybody else has a much better chance. God's not limited by our circumstances. We limit him by what we believe. What do you believe about your life? That right there is probably drop the mic question. Because it's not what your neighbor believes. It's not what your parents said. It's not what your, your enemies say about you. It's not even what you think about yourself in a bad moment. It's about take a step back, get out of the circumstances, and answer the question, what do you believe about your life? What do you believe about you? It doesn't matter what that husband thinks or that wife thinks. I mean, it matters, but if they're telling you there's no future, you can't do it, you can't, you can't, you can't. I'm telling you right now, God has a plan and a purpose for your life. I'm too old. I'm too young. I'm too poor. Oh, I'm way too rich. I have too many responsibilities. Whatever the circumstances are, I'm not smart enough. I'm way too smart to lower myself to that. I need to be about bigger things. God has a plan and a purpose for your life. And here's one more quote, and I'll move forward here. God will never sacrifice our character to improve our circumstances. <laughs> God will never sacrifice your character to make you comfortable. Because your character is the most important thing. We look at the life of Joseph, and Joseph could have been way more comfortable with different circumstances. But God decided to put him into a pit, allow him to be put into a pit. God decided to allow him to be taken into Egypt. God allowed him to be put into an environment with a woman who was trying to seduce him. Was God allowed him to be thrown into prison? You know why? Because God knew what was inside of him, and God was going to bring it out and show at the same time, show his faithfulness in the midst of circumstances. See, if, you know what? I think sometimes we, we have the, the idea that, you know, if the circumstances were different, life would be better. I'm telling you, that's not true. When I was a kid, uh, you know, we used to fly kites. And uh, we would, you know, we would build these kites. You'd go down and you'd get them and you'd put the string on them. And, and I remember we'd go out behind where we lived and we'd fly these kites. And, and it's like, man, boom, boom, they crash. And what we eventually did was my, I don't know, my grandfather or somebody came and said, what you got to do is you got to have a bigger tail on that kite. Well, he says, oh, you got to have a bigger tail. I'm thinking it'll never get off the ground. So he went and got some strips of cloth and he tied it, put it on the bottom of that kite, put another one on there. And it's like that thing went straight up. And he says, you can put a longer one on there too and it'll just even be more stable. I said, what do you, I don't get it. Well, let me say this, the downward pull is what gives you the upward push. Because if you don't have a downward pull, you know what happens? Your life goes like this, like this, like this. Oh, look at me. Boom, you crash. I want you to know the downward pull. Now, I'm not talking about sickness and disease. I'm talking about circumstances that I wish I could say, I just wish these things would go away and I would soar. 
until I took a quick left, and then I would crash. The downward pull gives us stability because God is with us. He's with us. I want to read a, a verse to you today out of uh, Psalm. Psalm 71, verse 19 through 24. This is the New Living Translation. And I want to give you just a few quick thoughts here. Psalm 71, verse 19. It says, Your righteousness, O God, reaches to the highest heavens. You have done such wonderful things. Who can compare with you, O God? You have allowed me to suffer much hardship, but you will restore me to life again and lift me up from the depths of the earth. You will restore me to even greater honor and comfort me once again. Then, or therefore. It's not as soon as that happens. That's not what this word means. So when that all happens, then, that's not what it means. It means, and because I know that, I will praise you with music on the harp because you are faithful to your promises. Oh, my God, I will sing praises to you with the lyre. That's a stringed instrument. Not with <laughs> the lyre, like lyre, lyre, pants on fire. I will praise you with the guitar. <laughs> Let's use that. Oh, Holy One of Israel, I will shout for joy and sing your praise, for you have ransomed me. That's the absolute truth for every one of us that know Christ. I will tell about your great deeds all day long, for everyone who tried to hurt me has been shamed and humiliated. We love the last part. People that try to hurt us, we want to see them realize that, man, that wasn't right that this is not good, but let's back this up a little bit. I've got three quick things I want to give you, things that we need to keep doing. We need to keep moving forward in these things. Number one, keep trusting. Keep trusting. It's hard to continue to trust God when we see circumstances that are difficult to live in, live through. I've been a Christian for. 50 years, I thought that this would be over. By I didn't think I would ever go through this again. This isn't heaven. This is not heaven. Keep trusting. It's easy to trust when things are going well. The challenge is to keep trusting in the midst of troubles, and we all have them. We all go through troubles. We all do. And, and just maybe a little secret, a little thought is that when you go through troubles, don't go through them alone. Get a friend, someone that will encourage you, someone that will come alongside you and say, hey, man, you're going to make it. Oh, you're, you're, yeah, I know. I, I, I'm, man, look, here, you got my number. Let me pray with you. Let me, let's go get a cup of coffee. Let's, I'm here for you, man. I'm, I'm with you. I'm with you, friend. Whatever you need, don't go through it alone. Don't stop believing in God's goodness don't stop believing in it. Verse 19, back to verse we just read. It says, your righteousness, O God, reaches to the highest heavens. You have done such wonderful things. Who can compare with you, O God? Don't stop trusting. Remember God's goodness and his faithfulness. Keep trusting. The second thing is we need to keep hoping. When you lose hope, 
I don't even know what to say. When you lose hope, life just goes down the tubes, and we're just existing. But if we have hope of a better day, if we have hope that we have a God that's going to finish what he began, I was on my way up this, this morning, and, and I just thought of that, the scripture that says that he's the author and the finisher. God, he's the author and the finisher of our faith. That's who God is. He begins the work, and he will finish the work. He's not the God that begins the work and says, hey, you're on your own from now on. He begins it, and he orchestrates circumstances that we find ourselves going through, and he is helping us to move forward, but he wants us to keep trusting and keep hoping. Let that hope, and not just, well, I'm just a hope, and hope causes us to continue to get up and to move forward and to speak right. Hope causes us to respond right, to keep ourselves in check when circumstances are saying, who cares? Why do you? Who cares? Nobody appears to care. Well, why do you care? Who cares? God cares. And therefore, I care. Keep hoping. 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 4 says, He comforts all. He comforts us all in our troubles so that we can comfort others when they are troubled. We see we will be able to give them that same comfort that God has given us. I have told people that. People have told me that over the years when we're going through a difficult thing. And all of us could sit down and we could talk about the difficulties. And listen, everybody has them. And I'm not saying, ah, that's not that bad. I would never tell somebody that. And I don't want to one-up you. Oh, you think that's bad. Let me tell you about my problem. We need to recognize in one another that we're all going through stuff. Every one of us are going through stuff. And if we can realize that what I'm going through, I'm going to continue to hope. When, when It says that Abraham hoped against hope. When everything was telling him, it's impossible, you're too old, it didn't happen, God maybe tried, you blew it somewhere, I don't know how, because God's a God of faithfulness, but you've blown it, this isn't going to happen. That's not true. God is a God that finishes what he begins. And I love this verse from the standpoint that people have told me, you know, when you, as you go through this and you come out of this, you know what you're going to be able to do? You're going to be able to help someone else. And my thought is, let somebody else help them. I just want to be done. But you know what? If we get the benefit of the, of the journey, if we get the benefit of what we're going through, it makes us stronger because God's not that concerned about our circumstances and he won't sacrifice our character to change the circumstances. And that's a hard thing to say because it's like, if you knew what I was going through, I know. So he comforts us in times of trouble so that we can comfort others. The third and the last one this morning is keep worshiping. Keep worshiping. Keep pulling away. It's, you know, I was I'm reading a book, just read through a book last week. I'm reading through it again, started again this week. Started earlier last, or the end of this past week. But as I'm going through this book, he talks about, uh, he's just encouraging, he's teaching about how, you know, we have to worship, okay, like, he gives this example, I don't know if I can do this, he gives this example of how, uh, you know, people, like, they, we talk, we live off the top of our head. You know, we're, we're watching, uh, he, he, uses, he says, you're watching a YouTube video about a cat. And then you see something, you go, oh, 
I forgot it's my it's it's my wife's birthday. And, and then you run down to the store and you're looking for a for for a card and then you see something else and you go, oh, I'm really hungry. And you run over to McDonald's and you get something to eat. And while you're sitting there, you hear some, oh, I need to go call that guy. I forgot. I'm gonna go check on him. And you go, it's like we're just moved by every memory, everything that comes. And then there's another level. When you lay your head on your bed at night, lay your head on your pillow at night, and then you go to that next level where you begin to worry about stuff. You begin to think about stuff. I don't know how I'm going to pay that. Oh, I hope that doesn't happen. Oh, I don't know. And we begin, and all the things, and then we, we take time and we pray about that, and that's good. But there's another level. There's another place. And if you've not gone there on a regular basis, let me tell you what happens. We become depleted. We become exhausted and depleted. If we don't find ourselves that push away time and worship, where we get in there and it's not, we're not praying. I'm not, oh God, I pray you'd save the world. I pray you'd, and those, listen, I pray those prayers, but to push away and to say, God, I need that river to flow into me because there is a river where streams make glad and it's flowing from the throne of God. But I need it to flow through me. And the thing is, as we, we go through difficult times, we live in these top, you know, where, where oh, I got to do this. Oh, I got to remember. Oh, I'm, oh, I saw this thing on Facebook. Oh, I heard this thing the other day. I had a phone call. We're living up here, the immediate. And then we get to the part where we push away a little bit, and then we're thinking about all the things that we dread, all the things that have to be done. Oh, I've got to do this. We got to push away some more. We've got to get into that place because that's the place where God begins to strengthen us for the battle, for the journey, for the day, for the week, where he, we're not asking for anything. We're just receiving from him. And if we can get to that place, and it doesn't take hours, but it does take a while to pull down the thoughts, to pull down the imaginations, to pull down all the high things, all the plans that have to be done. Nobody can take care of this but me. Probably true. But we've got to have that time where we push away. The kids want juice. The lawn's got to be mowed. I got to write the bills, for the checks for the bills. I got to get gas before it goes up another dollar a gallon. I've got to do this. I've got to do that. We've got to push even away from that. And we've got to just allow God to pour into us. Keep worshiping. Keep worshiping God. Keep pouring out so he'll continue to pour in. But when we move away from that, that's not just for women. Guys, that's not just for women. That's for us, for all of us. For those of us that will believe, that will trust and worship God, he'll pour in. Verse 22 says, then or therefore, I like to put therefore in there because it's not when he's done all these other things, then I'm going to praise him because when do we praise and worship God? In the midst of the battle. In the midst of the battle. Then I will praise you with music on the harp because you are faithful to your promises, oh my God. I will sing praises with you with the lyre. Oh, holy one of Israel, I will shout for joy and sing your praises for you have ransomed me. The presence of God. The presence of God. That's where characters really developed. Is when we pull away and he pours into us. Circumstances are going to happen. 
But if we can stay in that place of living in that trust, living in that hope, and living in that worshiping, those areas, if we can continue to do that, God will bring us through, and we're going to be better, not better. Let me pray.